From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Thursday, January 31st, 2019, the day that will forever be known for Nick fans as the day that the dream of um, building something around, around Christoph Porzingis has ended as he has been traded to Dallas, uh, along with Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr., Trey Burke, uh, uh, for Wesley Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., and DeAndre Jordan, along with a future one we welcome in Jordan Brickman. Never in the 11 and a half year existence of teeing it up is somebody wanted to do an emergency podcast so bad. So, uh, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jimmy. There might be uh, some expletives thrown out there. You have all the permission in the world. So, I'm just going to just shut up and basically let you go. Yeah, this is uh, this is not good. <laughs> um, you know, it seemed like within a half hour, news broke that KP was uh, unhappy and wanted to be traded. He's not happy with the losing, blah blah blah. And you know, the narrative around that, at least in, in my circle and coming from myself, was well, too bad, man. Like, you can't leave. You you are a restricted free agent, and even if you want to sign somewhere else, we're just going to resign, and you have to come and stay with us. Um, we are tanking. You know, the team wasn't good already, but his injury forced our hand to tank this year. It's not like he's not at fault for how bad the team is. Um, And in my head, I'm like, okay, well, hey, you can be upset, but hopefully if we draft Zion or a John Morant or even an R.J. Barrett, and if we we sign KD, which the Knicks, at least if you look at it now, we say they must be super confident they're going to do such a, they're going to, they're going to sign KD or a max free agent. You know, as soon as the Knicks get those players, they'll be happy. Just, just, you know, he can wait six months. The team could look completely different. He'll be fine. Just don't worry about it. He can just be upset and sit in the corner, but he'll be fine in, in a couple months. Fast forward 30 minutes, he's traded for Dennis Smith Jr. and contract space. Um, and all the details aren't out yet. Sounds like maybe a first-round pick or some picks are involved, but the Mavs don't even have their first-round pick this year. So, you know, if you wait till next year, then they're probably going to be pretty good. If it's a healthy KP and another year of Luka and... Yeah, so um, it's tough. I'm not even a big Dennis Smith Jr. fan. I thought that the Knicks made the right move of drafting Frank. I still stand behind that. I think that Frank will be the better player. Um, Dennis Smith is the better player today, but I think long term, he's kind of what he, he to me. He's kind of like a Steve Francis kind of guy. He he's flashy. He makes those dunks. He has you know he's got some dribble drive ability. He can shoot a little bit, but it's empty numbers. He's not a winning player. Um, it's kind of my my analysis on him and that's the key guy that we got you know the Knicks were adamant for a long time about we're not going to trade him hard away or Courtney Lee and attach assets to these guys to get rid of them off them we're going to you know be smart about this we're going to build the team the right way and that's Tim Hardaway and Courtney Lee and now you're you're attaching the biggest asset to get rid of those guys and Christoph Porzingis um, it's just shocking it's just it's absolutely shocking to me that it's happened they said they said they've been talking in the trade for a few days so you know, from our point of view, it looked like it came together in 10 minutes, but it sounds like they've been talking about it for a few days. I just can't believe they couldn't have gotten a better offer than this from some, from someone else. Um, it's just, it's really, really sad to see that they made this trade. You know, all the details aren't out yet. Again, I'm curious to see what Scott Perry and Steve Mills have to say. You know, maybe they, they now have cap space to sign to, to uh, free agents, and maybe that is KD and Kyrie or KD and Kemba or something like that, but... Um, it just, just seems like a disaster, and, and Porzingis is, is going to be the number one enemy 
when he comes back to the Garden next year. And uh, he's going to get booed mercilessly, I think, for essentially what seems to be bailing on the team. I mean, he it, this is part of the process, right? Again, it's not like the Knicks don't have a plan, or at least they, they seemingly have a plan that they were going to do to fix the team in the offseason and, um, you know, at least see that through. He can, you know, he could tell the Knicks, hey, sign and trade me if the Knicks, you know, swing and miss in the offseason, if they get unlucky in the draft, they get like the fourth pick or something, and, you know, he doesn't agree with the trade, with the, 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 the draft pick that they make, but it, the whole thing just seems like a disaster, and um, the Knicks, again, are a laughing stock, and it just seems like every team I root for, you know, not even just Knicks, but if you bring in the Mets or, or even the Giants, it seems like every year those teams make a move where the whole league is laughing at them, and this might be uh, the top, the, the, the cherry on top of that. This is This is a very disappointing uh, move that the Knicks just made. My question is, why don't you let him come back from injury and show what he can do? Now, obviously, at that point, you risk him coming back and not being himself, and you get worse than what you'd get now. But why why not let him come back? I get that the trading deadline is is next week, but why not wait until after the season? Let him play some in March and April. And, and and May if the season goes that long and and just see what the heck he's got if anything coming off this ACL yeah I mean maybe they could trade they think that hey we can get him get more value for him now it's not they got a lot of value from him to begin with but maybe we can get more value for him now with this little bit of mystery around the injury everyone's just going to assume he's going to be healthy maybe the next know something that we don't know about how the recovery is going yeah um, and, and you know there, there is a glass half empty look at KP you know he's He's never played, I think he went like 72, 64, then 48 games, something like that, and games played the last three seasons. He's, ne- he's there's a, you know, People think that he may never be able to play 82 games and then do the second season of the playoff run. You know, seven tall guys like him don't always, aren't always the most durable guys. Sometimes they have injuries that they never recover from, career-long injuries, ACL. For a guy like that that moves like he did, it's definitely, people think it might hinder him, you know, there, there is like he's not a great rebounder. Um, he always deteriorates as the season goes on. Even if he's not hurt, his play deteriorates. You know, there is a glass half empty here view of him, but um, he is a superstar at the end of the day. You know, or, or an all star if nothing else. He's an all star with superstar potential, and it's so hard to get someone of that caliber in the NBA just to have them on. Just to have one. You need three probably at least to win, and they have that one. Now they just said, all right, now we'll get it. We'll get rid of them, and we're not going to get back to you know, an all-star caliber player in return and we're going to start from scratch again. Um, it's, just, it's just frustrating. And, and I agree, let him, let him come back. And, and it, you know, if you wait till the offseason, then again, you have a chance to maybe prove to him, hey, we dra- just drafted Zion. Hey, we, we're, having these, we're having to sit down with Kevin Durant next week. You should join. Uh, maybe that can get him back engaged. And, and again, it's not like he can leave. If, even if he wanted to leave, Knicks can match any contract that he signed. And he has to stay with the Knicks. So it's just the whole thing is just, just very frustrating. Um, and to the point that you were saying before, he's only played in 186 out of the Knicks possible not 296 games since he was drafted. Um, you were just on vacation wearing a Porzingis jersey. This is, yep. I, and I could tell in your text messages and the fact that you want to do this immediately, Jordan. You are. Sad. This is not just a fan that that's pissed that they made a stupid signing or a bad trade or whatever. This is sadness. That this is seeing somebody who you liked, admired, and spent the money on for a jersey, which all of us know is not cheap. Um, 
so I, I, I mean, how do, how do you feel is a dumb question, but it, are you looking at this differently because it's somebody whose game you liked and, 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 and thought enough of to buy a jersey of, or is it just pissed off and sad? Well, so first of all, I, I feel like this is very special to me, but it seems like every player I buy their jersey, something happens to them. They, whether it be Conforto dislocating his shoulder, I had our no shirt, and he is always injury, injured and never healthy. I had not bought a jersey because the team was turmoil. I didn't want to have a mellow jersey. I feel like, I was always like, I want to get a, you know, I like the, the role players. They just didn't have a player for years. I, you know, I, I, it seems like every player whose jersey I bought, I bought Odell Beckham's jersey this year. He, he was not that good, and he tore, and he broke his ankle, I broke his uh, leg last year. It seems like every everyone that I'm interested in buying a jersey for, they, they don't work out. I have a Christian Pulitzer jersey, so I'm hoping that he is not added to that list soon. But um, I think just generally as a big of an fan as I am, I get very connected to the players and to their storylines and to their growth. You know, like Frankie Lakina right now, for example, is one of my favorite players in the NBA, and I think that he will one day, you know, grow to be a great player. And right now, he's not. Um, and I get I get attached to them, and I get attached to you know watching them work and grow and and become men from you know teenagers and um, KP in particular because he was his story is kind of an exciting one of. No one was happy about the pick because he was a big project. He was much better than everyone thought he would be. The Knicks finally hit a home run. No one thought that it was like, you know, it hasn't happened in years, in decades maybe. The Knicks made a, stole someone from other teams. And he is a player that fits today's NBA. You can build around him. He's a modern stretch. If he, if he can one day play the five, which I think he can, he's a modern stretch five. You know, you know, very unique skill set. Um, it's, it's, it's sad and it's frustrating, and as someone who watches literally every game, it, it seems to have set the team back even further, barring uh, them signing two, not just one, but two max free agents, which the Knicks have never done. This reminds me of 2010 when the Knicks had all this cap space and they signed Amari for $100 million. What I'm scared of happening is the Knicks are going to have all this cap space and they're going to sign just Kemba Walker or something like that. And that's the same exact thing they'd be doing is signing a player who's a drop below elite, still very good, but it can't do it by himself, and they just waste the money, and it's, and it's a bad contract pretty much immediately, and um, they go nowhere. So I'm sad for a lot of reasons. I'm sad. I'm sad because KP was a hope was hoping I was hoping he would lead us to be our next home, our first home run all star in a long time. That can be an all star for years and years, and hopefully be a contender and win a championship, and you know, kind of run New York and join. And, you know, other players would join him, and that could be our guy. And now, even if we do sign these two free agents, it won't feel like how it could have felt with a, t- a team led by KP. We're going to be, let's say in, in, in a year, Dennis Smith Jr. is our starting point guard, and you have KD, and you have, um, you know, maybe another free agent on there. It's not, that's not the Knicks' homegrown team that they've, they've, they've acquired these guys, they've traded for them, and it's, it's not, or they've signed them. It just doesn't feel the same as if a homegrown team did it. And I felt like we had the beginning of that. You know, maybe it's step one of a 10-step process, but we have, felt like we had that step, that first few steps in, and it's just extra sad because no matter how they build a contender, we're not going to have that one of the main pieces being, you know, a guy that we, that we signed and, and watched grow. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. First of all, well, first of all, we were talking to Jordan Brickman, who um, literally does watch every game to the point where I can't 
texting him about a game because he's probably not watched it yet and he watches it via DVR either that night late or the next day. Um, you are as devoted as they come. Number two, from my friend Jared Dubin and somebody you follow, Charlie Ward is the last Nick draft pick to sign a second contract with the team for longer than one year. Charlie Ward. My friend's about to be 32. He was seven when this happened. It's absurd. You know, you know who did? It was Tim Hardaway, and they traded him away. Yes, exactly. <laughs> technically, it was the Knicks draft pick that signed back with them, and they overpaid because they traded him. Yes. It's a comedy of errors. Yes. All right, so it's now two. Um, okay. Now, you talk about drafting. You talk about free agency. You talk about signing. Youth now. This is a very young Nick team. And they have been, as we talked about on your last appearance in the show, throwing out a whole lot of youth lineups. One thing Jared Dubin also said, if I can just get to this tweet quickly, is now how do you go for the rest of the season, make the evaluations that you need to about this current talent, and put something out there that people like. And what Jared is saying is he would run out Dennis Smith Jr., Frank Knox, Mitchell Robinson, and just run them for 30 minutes a night and just see... What comes? What do you want to see now for the rest of the season? If Wesley Matthews and and Jordan get bought out, which is being talked about, what do you want to see them do for the rest of this stretch? Well, I think Wesley should definitely be bought out. I'd be surprised if they couldn't get something for DeAndre. I would think that. I know you know his skill set is a little bit of um, not as strong for today for for today's NBA, but I feel like they could get something for him. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would be sad, I would be disappointed if they couldn't flip him for even a second round pick and take another expiring back or something like that. Uh, like you know, the Rockets could. I mean, I know they just signed Fareed, but DeAndre is a better, much better player than, than Fareed, and it would be a great backup behind behind uh, Capella. Just as an idea that just kind of came to me. But um, what do I want to see? I mean, yeah, play the young guys for as long as they can. Uh, we have basically no vets other than Lance and Cantor on the team. Cantor's going to be gone within a week anyway. Either traded or bought out. Um, play. You know, I, I want to see Frank play as much as possible. Trier's going to get a lot of minutes. Knox is going to get as many minutes as he can. He seems like he's hit a wall recently, but have to get over that. Obviously, play Mitch a bunch. Luke Cornett will get minutes. Um, could be Malin, who's recently got called up. We'll, we'll play a lot of minutes, but um, I want Frank to play the one. I hope that him and Dennis can do that. Dennis is a, a ball dominant guard, and he's you know pretty average offensively at the moment from an efficiency standpoint. So we'll see how he fits. I feel like I'm just not going to like what he brings to the team, especially with another uh, offensive first player like Trier that, that, they're, that they're trying to develop. Um, but, yeah, just play the guys, play them as much as possible. That's kind of already been the plan. That, that's not much different to me. Like, Mitch was already getting playing time over Cantor, as is Frank was starting to get a lot of minutes um, until he got hurt uh, a couple days ago. You know, Moutier is probably going to get minutes still, even though I feel like we've seen – the best of him, and it's just okay. Um, now with him, who now who gets minutes with him and Dennis Smith? It seems like Dennis Smith will probably get the minutes, but he's kind of like maybe just a more athletic Moutier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just give just give the guys the minutes and and let them go. But they're just gonna tank. You know, there's some some people were speculating maybe that this is a trade that can um, if they're getting let's say they're getting a pick back from Dallas, they can then package their pick and trade them for AD, and maybe that's something that they really want. Um, you know, maybe this is part of a bigger plan. It certainly seems like it is, but I just hope the bigger plan is, hey, we're going to sign free agents, and like we feel like we can do that with nobody on our team to offer them to join. 
Um, and and no incentive because you look at this organization and it's just been a function of dysfunction. And right. and and I, you and I had the privilege because of somebody who called me from the Knicks to be able to sit there with Steve Mills um, basically a year ago. It was almost a year to the day. Um, and you and I walked out of there optimistic about the future and he was answering questions optimistically and especially about KP, blah, blah, blah. And now it's just all gone it's it's i don't see how you incentivize a free agent to come here unless you have a larger plan or unless you draft or or unless you win the lottery and get zion and even that is like you know like to your point the knicks don't have a great track record of a developing these guys and then b keeping them um you know as much as i want to be like oh we have a new front office now with scott perry seems like he knows what he's doing uh i kind of like how his, his demeanor is and how he talks about not giving up picks and all this type of stuff and that everything this trade just kind of contradicts all of that you know, they didn't give up picks obviously maybe they got picked back it's not even clear yet um i haven't seen any confirmed reports they're getting picked back no, um, but i don't see why you would sign here i mean you're going to sign with a team that has a couple of young raw prospects that maybe in two or three years are going to be decent players. You know, Knox has shown flashes, but he's incredibly inefficient. Frank is not offensively where he needs to be yet. Mitchell has, again, shown flashes, could be maybe the best rim protector in the NBA one day, but uh, has no idea what he's doing defensively from a a scheme standpoint, has no offensive game at all other than alley-oops, basically, and putbacks. Um, You know, Trier's look good, but he's an offensive-minded guy that doesn't offer much else doesn't bring much else to the table. These are all half-glass empty views of these players. I don't see superstar potential at Knox or any of these guys, really, um, to, to be, you know, maybe borderline fringe all-star guys. But um, I don't see why a, a player would sign with them without a guy like KP there. When you have KP, it just makes signing with them so much more easier because they already have an all-star player. And even if they just signed Durant and they have the top pick, a top three pick, all of a sudden that's pretty good. That's a pretty good start. And in the East, you have two all-stars with one at an elite level, and you have some young, talented players that can find their role. Now you're going to have one or two you know, high-end all-stars join with a bunch of young guys that are maturing around them. And look how that's working out for the Lakers. And the Lakers are more advanced than what we're saying for the Knicks. Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, Hart, those guys are more advanced than the players than the Knicks are right now. And they added LeBron, and they are... You know, they're probably going to make the playoffs. We'll see how they do then, but they haven't necessarily worked there. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, not, it's not a good sign. It's not a good sign, Jeremy. It is Super Bowl week, and every, and, and, a, and a president who likes to say crazy things in the White House and tweet them, every single trending topic, top trending topic in the U.S. right now is about this trade. I'll tell you what would make me feel better, Jeremy, if Donald Trump posted a picture with his good friend, Kristaps Porzingis. That would make me feel better. <laughs> uh, really quickly, Super Bowl pick? Uh, I'm rooting for the Rams, but you can't pick against the Pats. I'm, 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 I'm kind of leaning the same way. All right, on that note, Jordan Brickman, uh, um, I hope you feel better. <laughs> I hope this, I, I this kind of let you, uh, you uh, 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 get some load off. Um, thanks as always. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks as always for coming on Teeing It Up. And thank you all for listening to this edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling.